when you want people to believe in you, if your self-belief isn't strong, then no one's ever going to take you for being genuine. So if you don't truly believe in yourself from the start, how do you expect others to, to believe in you around you? Welcome back. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by Australian international rugby player, Scott Seo. During his career so far, he's played over 100 games to the Brumbies and won 59 caps to Australia. For me, Scott epitomizes what it means to have a strong and resilient mindset to take on any of life's challenges. Throughout the conversation, Scott shares some of his most profound lessons and what he attributes his success and longevity down to, to consistently perform at the highest level. There are lots of great lessons we can all apply into our lives in this conversation. Let's get into it. Scott, thanks for coming on the podcast today, mate. It's um, it's a, a, another privilege to have you on. How are things? All good. I uh, had a pretty light day of training today after a heavy day yesterday. So uh, just uh, enjoying a day of recovery and uh, getting the body ready for tomorrow. Even the thick of it now with pre-season? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. We're uh, right around the corner for our season. We start Feb, Feb 19th. Um, so we're heading into trial matches uh, the next couple of weeks and uh, just sort of refining things for the start of the season. And how are you feeling? How is the body? How's the mind? Are you feeling ready for it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been an interesting start to the year. Um, unfortunately, uh, ACT closed their borders to New South Wales, or mainly Sydney, um, sort of at the back end of last year, uh, where I was on break with my family. So I had to come down and do uh, 14 days of quarantine with my, my roommate for Laofaing Ata. So uh, it's not the ideal start to the year, but um, we made <laughs> the most of it. Uh, you know, got a lot of things done there uh, away from footy and um, came back refreshed and ready to go. What things refresh you? Like, what are the things that make sure you're coming into pre-season at your best? Yeah, I guess during that break time, um, you know, you got to go back to what's important. Uh, for me, that's family. Uh, spending as much time with them, just getting away from rugby. And I guess, um, you know, when you're sort of doing it for 11 months, 10 to 11 months of the year, you've got to have a lot of interest outside of rugby there as well. So, um, you know, it's just finding sort of things, different things to do, different places to explore and um, just getting your mind away from it so that when you come back in, you're ready to go and, and, and you know, you're laser focused when you're back with the squad. What are those little things that you do then to make sure you're not over-pressurising yourself and you're switching off? Yeah, I play um, a bit of golf. We've got a pretty cool golf, golf crew in um, down at the Brumbies as well and, and a couple of the boys at the Wallabies. And it's just a nice sort of sport. Um, it's probably the complete opposite to rugby, <laughs> but it's a nice opportunity to sort of uh, apply your trade in a, a, in a different skill a different skill set in a different sport and just slow things down for a bit, you know, and, um, you know, appreciate the whole process of it. I guess the process of um, taking a golf shot, you can apply to um, a lot of things in rugby in terms of the mental side of it, how you approach a scrum and that. So um, there are a lot of things that go hand in hand there. Um, obviously I like to play um, a lot of PlayStation. Um, we love a bit of Call of Duty, a bit of Fortnite there. Um, as well and it's it's another opportunity to connect with um, you know people they don't get to connect with on a on a day-to-day -day basis uh, family and friends overseas and, and so forth so um, yeah those are just two sort of things like they use to get away from footy and that's so important because I think when you're young and you're wrapped up in 
in almost the pressures of rugby and the stress of rugby or any sport, anyone listening, it might not even be sport. It's hard to almost detach yourself sometimes when you're so invested in it. So it's really good advice that, you know, of how important it is to switch off. Just stripping it back, you mentioned your family there. I want to ask, because obviously your dad played for Samoa, I think during early 1990s. And that was a really profound time for Samoa at that point. So when you were growing up, was it always rugby? Was rugby always ingrained in you? Yeah, I guess being uh, the eldest of four, um, you know, your idols are your parents, you know, and you kind of want to emulate everything that they did. And um, being a part of that 91 World Cup squad, the the, the game changes for um, Samoan rugby, you know, it's when you find out when you're growing up that you can um, do what you love as a career. Uh, I guess, as you said, when you're, when you're young, you become so invested in it and, and it's your dream. And um, the best thing I guess my, my father did was, was make sure that I knew what my, you know, number one goal was, but uh, always to keep my options open and, and just be prepared for any situation, have that ability to adapt and adjust uh, for whatever comes uh, my way, which put me in good stead in my professional career, having to deal with injuries and setbacks and so forth there. Um, but I think the the main thing about it all is um, just the support that I had from them. I mean, you know, I had such a great childhood. I was afforded so many opportunities off, off the back of their sacrifices and you know, they gave me all the tools that I needed to to succeed, you know, and at the end of the day was whether, you know, I was going to make the most of that opportunity. And and, and that's what they taught us was just to be ready and, and be prepared for any opportunity that comes um, your way. So, um, yeah, it was, um, you know, it, it was, I guess, a bit of rugby, 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 but the, probably the best bit of piece of advice uh, my father gave me in school was that you're a student athlete, um, student comes first. Um, and understanding the value of education um, in the professional sport arena there as well. And also being able to have that option B if, you know, if unfortunately you, you didn't quite get to where you wanted to be straight away. Was it always the goal to play international rugby and be a professional? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and the, and I was encouraged by my my parents. I guess it's it's great to have... Um, that goal and something to to strive towards, you know, and and fully invest yourself in, you know, it's mm-hmm. always a tough time in your life when you're a young adolescent. I guess everyone tells you you've got so many options. Um, people find it hard to sort of focus on one. So, um, you know, knowing that I wanted to be a, a rugby, a professional rugby union player, and and you know, do whatever it it took to get to to that goal um you know i understood the the value of hard work and, and resilience um early on to make sure that you know i could um you know make that dream a reality so um yeah i guess it was pretty much rugby for me at a young age that's such a good point though i think when you get to high school youth adolescence anything like that you have so many distractions against you and that's where some of the most talented athletes in the world will start going away from the sport because they might be distracted. They might have other things going on. And I think that's credit to you and credit to your family for keeping you and giving you that drive to keep you going because that's at the age where everyone goes, because I think you can't see the future yet, but yet you want to create it. You're you're in the moment, but you don't know what's next. And you just think, Oh, this is going to take a lot of patience, perseverance. And some people do the option and go. So 
credit to you and your family for instilling that in you for so young. So why do you think people do that? Why do you think people start? I know there's various reasons, but people lose sight of what's really important at that age, do you think? I think um, I think one of the things you alluded to there, patience. Um, I, I believe with the advancements we've made in technology and and so forth, um, we've made things too readily available for people. Um, people don't have to work as hard as they did back in back in the day to um, to access information and this and so forth. So, what was seen as a point of difference maybe 15 years ago in rugby, everyone has in terms of strength and conditioning, technology and so forth. So um, what I guess people struggle with at that young age is what is their point of difference, their individual point of difference. And that's where you need that support crew to, you know, to really identify that and, and, and work on that. And, and, and then it becomes, you know, your X factor or, or so forth, you know, and I just don't think a lot of people uh, have the patience to write it out. Um, you know, I guess everyone kind of has a plan and uh, they believe that, you know, they've made, say it's a five-step plan, they got to step four and then the fifth step didn't quite happen. And so they give up, you know, without with just saying that, you know, maybe what what did I do in step four? Got to go back to step four and, and realise, oh, maybe there's something I need to tweak there to get me to that next step there. Mm. Um you know, they just say, oh, maybe that was it and I'll move on. And, you know, and that's what, that's where that debate between keeping your options open and focusing on that one goal is, is a really tough one, isn't it? Because um, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, but then, you know, are you really then, is that your really your number one goal if you're really putting too much, so much into different, you know, baskets there as well? So um, it's always the battle at the end of the day, and it really comes down to the individual and who you surround yourself with. Mm, and that is, it's so important. The people you surround yourself with, the conversations you have, the people, because again, it's especially when you're that, at that age, it's the influences that you're surrounding yourself with. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to get rid of, not get rid of, but detach yourself from. Because if you're with friends who like doing other things, you've got to make that mature decision at that age, at that time. You think, nah, I've got to go and do this. So when you were going through those different different teams, different ages going forward, what was it like? What was the different pressure like? What was the step up in environment like at each stage? I guess uh, when you're younger, um, my father was my juniors coach. Okay. So you know, you, you're always seeking validation from him at, at such a young age. And I mean, when you're young, no one, no one else's opinion matters, you know, and your parents was the ultimate. So <laughs> you judged how you went basically, or pretty much on, on what they said. So, um, and then as you get older, um, coming from a Samoan background, um, we have a high importance of respecting our elders and people in, in, uh, of authority and in, in higher positions. So, when I got the opportunity to go to Trinity Grammar on a full scholarship for rugby, um, you know, your our head coach, I guess, became that sort of that person, you know, and you were always sort of, you know, making sure that you were doing the right things and 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 so forth to make sure that you gave yourselves the best opportunity there, you know, and it was a different environment for me because at a young age I only. Um, went to seek validation from my parents, but now, you know, I have someone else that I have to prove myself to at the end of the day. And then 
club rugby, you know, you, you, you go out and you play grade and then there are guys, you know, that's when the real sort of competition started where you're competing week in, week out for spots. And it's not like you're the man at school anymore. You know, you've got to start from scratch and build yourself back up again and, and keep proving yourself in, in each arena, you know, and then it's, it's, it's just the same sort of process when you get to super rugby, you know, and the crowds get bigger. Uh, there are a lot more eyes on you. Social media becomes bigger uh, as your career goes on, you know, and there's uh, so much external pressure um, on you, the higher up you get, you know, and if you don't know how to block that out and uh, understand what works for you as a, as a player, it can become very tough. And I don't think there's any sort of one secret to dealing with pressure um, at the highest level. I think it's really um, up to you and what you find best. And for me, I know it's it's about going back to um, those who were there for me at the start, you know, and, and just being able to reset with my family and and see where I'm at because, you know, at the end of the day, they're the most honest um, people with me. Um, their love's unconditional. So, you know, I know that their, their opinion is genuine and, you know, everyone that has been there along the way, you know, I, I, I tend to value their opinion as well. Are you big on goal setting, Scott? Do you or have you along your career always set yourself little goals? So maybe when you're in college, next step was Brumbies, next step was Wallabies. Then when you're in the Wallabies, right, you want to get 50 caps, right, next step 100. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I guess um, not in terms of individual accolades, mm -hmm. but um, knowing where I wanted to be. So um, when I was in school, understanding I wanted to make the first 15, um, then off the back of that, making um, CAS, which was our competition uh, in school, New South Wales schoolboys rugby, Australian schoolboys, you know, Australian under 20s, super rugby, and then obviously the, the penultimate for us playing for the Wallabies um, at a World Cup, you know. So I think it's great. I think understanding the goal is, is important, but um, your next step is then working out the process to get there, uh, the necessary steps to build your staircase to reach your um, your goal at the end of the day and being remaining consistent in it and diligent in it and understanding that it might not, you know, work straight away, but, um, you know, remaining determined and persevering with it and understanding that, you know, um, you know, every step's going to get to get you to where you want to be um, is important. It's probably something I didn't understand at a very young age. I understood what the end goal was and I, you know, thought it was just going to be hard work and talent and I'd just get there and, you know, and I was quite, you were quite naive when you were young and it's yeah. all a learning process. Everyone has to go through it at the end of the day. Um, but um, becoming process driven as I, you know, managed to um, play at the highest level for a little bit longer is it, it, probably where I could give the best piece of advice to all the younger players coming through. Do you think the advice your dad gave you when you were young has given you these most profound lessons and have made you the guy you are now or the man you are now because the reason I'm alluding to that is your longevity to play for the Brumbies Australia you've always known that it's it's about the process like you just mentioned it's always about those little things that you do to keep going forward and you know it's not always going to be in your control so are those the little lessons that your dad has given you and it's just stayed with you yeah pretty much um the great thing about my dad is he's he's never just sort of um, made it black and white, you know, he's, he's sort of 
giving you the tools that you need, but let you figure it out on your own, you know, because he understands everyone's journey is their own. Um, you know, you need to sort of live through things to understand it at the end of the day. Um, when I had my first major injury in 2014, um, I had um, surgery to repair my uh, syndesmosis in my left ankle. Um, he was kind of there at the start, um, obviously caring he, uh, as a father. Um, but I think as a, as a rugby player, he knew that I had to live through that sort of um, moment in my career to understand um, the importance of bettering yourself away from the rugby field, um, understanding the mental aptitude it does, it takes to be able to um, overcome a long-term injury um, at the end of the day. And, and, uh, and I guess having an injury um, is probably the quickest way you can build a process and a routine around things because it's something that becomes very repetitive at the end of the day. And if you're not, uh, you're not able to persevere through something like that mentally, it can become quite a tough, tough, tough time. And it can become the difference between you coming back two weeks earlier or coming back two weeks later, uh, I think at the end of the day. And yeah. And I think it's, um, like I said, I, I always allude back to having the right people around you uh, to teach you these things and, and, and your support crew. Cause um, you know, if you look at any, any sport, even individual sports, you watch them walk around, they've always got a crew of people around them, mm. rappers, singers, actors, you know, they've always got an entourage because they understand that you can't just keep doing it on your own. You know, you're going to need people to lean on every now and then or people to be honest with you and, and pull you into line every now and then. So, mm. um, I can't stress enough to people that having the right support crew around you and the right support network around you is probably the most important thing in the professional environment. This is just a quick message to thank our podcast sponsor, Pure Sports CBD. Since taking these products, I have noticed some amazing benefits such as an increase in my focus and my productivity, as well as a huge improvement in my sleep and my post-training recovery. So if you're looking for a healthy and natural alternative to improve your health and well-being in both your body and mind, visit puresportcbd.com. Each product is lab tested and certified and compliant under the World Anti-Doping Agency. They're the most certified and trusted CBD product in the world and are used by many elite athletes. You can use my code UYM20 to get yourself 20% off your purchase. That's a really interesting point about how your dad kind of knew that that moment in your career was something that you needed to go through. Sometimes in failure or setbacks, they're the biggest catalyst for growth and give you the biggest lessons to like help you help propel you forward. That's really interesting, actually. Do you think that was the biggest setback you had so far? Yeah, I think in terms of rugby, mm. um, it's, it was uh, a huge lesson for me. Uh, it was the first day of uh, Wallaby Camp before Rugby Championship. And uh, I was right at the end and just unfortunate sort of incident at training, you know, these things happen. But I guess what I learned um, at that time, David Pocock was going through his second ACL. And um, so I was going to join him for rehab. Uh, Stephen Moore was also going through his ACL. He'd, uh, he'd unfortunately um, did in the French test series that year as well. But I came back and I, um, it was my first 
kind of real major injury in, in professional rugby. I'd had off the back of such a good super rugby year and 2013 making my debut, I kind of went, you know, why me type of thing. I moped around a bit for the week. And um, uh, Poe actually um, sort of let me do that. And then when the second week came around, he sat me down and had a chat and said, look, mate, um, I understand you're hurting right now and it's not the ideal situation and it's not how you thought 2014 was going to play out, but you got to understand that we're a team here. And, you know, he said to me, what I loved about you is you, you treat your team like family. And, you know, when you're in your, your house um, and you're hurt and you're, and you're injured or you're sick, everyone worries about you, you know, but the difference um, being in a rugby team is, everyone has a job to do there as well. And they can't be worrying about you every day and, and how you're going and try to put in the best that they can to be the best that they want to be as well. And it really put things into perspective for me, understanding that your mood really has an effect on those around you and, and the boys and that they care for you. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're, um, you know, trying to make their dreams their own. And, you know, you're a big part of, you know, their journey and their support as well there. So... Um, it really, you know, allowed me to pick myself up, uh, taught me a bit about resilience there as well and, and how important that's going to be moving forward. And it just gave me the base and the platform that I needed for any injury that I would encounter uh, moving forward in my career. What was the goal to get back then? Was it to make the World Cup squad the next year? No, no. My goal no. was to to, to make uh, Brumby's preseason and have one of the best preseasons that I could. Wow. Um, I knew that my um, uh, my injury was going to get me to the start of preseason that year, and I knew um, that playing well for the Brumbies, um, being selected for the Wallabies was going to be a product of that. And um, I can never look too far ahead. Um, you know, I, I, I give my all to every team that I play in, whether that's Tuggeron Vikings, my club team. I get the opportunity to play for them, the Brumbies, no matter who. It's it's all about the whoever I'm playing for that, that week. And, and the goal for me was to, to be able to do, finish out the preseason, get fit and, and, you know, come back in 2015 and, and have one of my best years yet. Amazing. I love that link between setbacks, rejection, failure, and it's a link to actually making you a better athlete and a better person. What's your relationship like with, with failure, rejection? Like, how do you perceive it? Do you perceive it as a, as an, a lesson or a catalyst to drive you forward? Yeah, I do now. Mm. I think um, when I was younger, as I said, it's one of those things you just have to experience and understand. It's a part of the game. Um, you have, you know, you've, when you're younger, you kind of want to ride all the highs, you know, and you avoid so many lows for so, you can only avoid it for so long before one sort of hits, you know, and then you know, you've just got to experience it and, and live through it and how you come out of that is going to, it's going to show your character um, there as well. But I think so. I think um, every loss is, is, is a, a lesson learned for us as well. Um, if you're not willing to learn from, from a loss or a setback or an injury um, and you don't have that growth mindset, you're never, you know, going to, going to evolve from that and, and continue to develop as a player and, and you may get sort of stopped and you may continue to play at a sort of a high level and just sort of stay stagnant. And it may be good enough for a little bit, but, you know, every now and then a new year, someone's looking for something different, you know, mm -hmm. from you. And, 
your role in the team changes, your responsibility changes, and as your career goes on. So your ability to adapt, evolve, grow um, as an individual is important. And I think these lessons are uh, are very important to, um, you know, building character and, and um, I guess, you know, growing as a, as a person more than more than anything, rather than a rugby player, because if you've got a lot of what you need to do off the field sorted, uh, you know, what you do on the field tends to be, you know, what you want at the end of the day. I completely agree. So at the start, we mentioned uh, getting into the topic about your longevity at the top, you know, playing for both Brumbies and Australia. And you mentioned their growth mindset. So what do you think are some of the key values that you have acquired or you've learned that has made you so successful with going forward and being able to play in probably one of the most physical positions at international level and super rugby level for so long? Uh, I think having a plan mm-hmm. um, each year, each week, building a routine is, is, is um, very important. Um, at a young age, you have the ability to be able to, you know, be a sponge and just absorb so much and try new things and see what works for you uh, in that Monday to Friday grind. Um, you know, understanding that when you get to that point in your career where mentally you understand being process-driven and not outcome-driven is, is what's most important, then that's where you're able to build your plan and build your routine uh, each week. And... Um, you know, you can never look past that Monday to Friday grind when you're doing everything you need to at the end of the day and you've, I guess, ticked every box, you know, then, you know, that's when you can become at peace with every outcome on the weekend, you know, and, you know, if you're putting so much pressure on one day of the week, you know, it's very hard mentally to keep staying at the top there, you know, and, and, you know, it's such a cliche, as I said, that the, um, the body will do what the mind tells it, but it's so true. You know, if your mental and emotional state is in check, you know, usually physically you're, you're able to do what you want to do at the end of the day. So um, I think, you know, building on my process each year, building on my routine and, and what I need to do to be physically, mentally and emotionally ready on game day and, and be happy with what I did in that Monday to Friday grind is it is something that's put me in good stead and, and it's helped me along the way the last 10 years. So have you always been so calm and so present within your training? Have you always been able to stay present or have you started looking to, towards the future? I mean, I'm, I'm really curious with this because I wonder, is it something that is ingrained in some people or is it actually a byproduct of the lessons and the hardships that we've faced? Yeah, I think for some people it probably is ingrained. Um, for me, it's something that I've uh, I've picked up through experiences in my career um, over time. Different, different whether they've been positive um, or negative, as we said, lessons learned um, as well. So, yeah, I think it's comes with experience as well. Um, you know, when when you sort of know what your body can do and and you you know where to be at the right time, at the right place. You know, you know how, how your game flows, how the team flows and, and what the team does well and then what the team needs to improve. You're able to stay very present and in the moment um, at training. And um, I think, you know, 
there are very few guys that just have that, you know, and um, there's probably one guy that I trained with that, um, you know, I hear a lot of the conversations. He was my idol growing up, George Smith. I got the opportunity to play with him in 2013. It was a, a dream come true for me. And he wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fittest, wasn't the fastest, but his mental aptitude for the game was unlike anything I've ever seen. Wow. And, you know, his timing and his creativity around the field was just mind-blowing for me at the time, you know. And being a, a young Pacific Island kid, you know, you realise that you just can't run your way through everyone and you can't, you know, just hit everyone. Everyone's big, everyone's strong and that. And he showed me that um, having a point of difference isn't necessarily a physical thing there as well. You know, your mental game can be an intimidation you can use to your advantage there as well. So um, he's someone that I learned a lot from. And, you know, when a guy like David Pocock at that time, who was considered one of the top three best sevens in the world, was learning from George Smith at age 36, you know, wow. you know that that guy has a real presence about him. So um, that's probably one of the guys I learned that a lot from having that presence at training, that, that sort of cool, calm, collected mindset. This is a topic I'm really interested in because I think with the world we're living in now and being a teacher myself and just seeing people give up too soon. And for me, it, it's such a disappointing thing that people don't follow through with some of their goals. I mean, either like we mentioned failure, they'll take failure, they'll take it personally and they won't bother growing from it. They'll hit a rejection, they'll get bored of something and they'll stop. And then it, it doesn't lead to anywhere. So it's so interesting talking to people like you about people who have influenced them, the hardships you face, because it's just a natural curve of life, isn't it? You're always going to go through those hardships, those highs. It's just about, again, being present and surrounding yourself with the right people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, it's a, it's a tough day and age we live in. It is. Um, it's very different to, um, you know, the, the 1900s, you know, back then it was a very physically demanding time, mm. you know, and you had to work really hard for things, you know, and it was a different era. I think the 2000s has really, um, you know, showed us that, um, you know, your mental fortitude needs to be very strong mm. because with the advancements in technology, um, I think social media has been a bit of a blessing and a curse for everyone, you know. And the blessing is things like this where we can connect, we can share stories, we can, you know, make athletes personable, you know, to people and understand that there's things that you can relate to to them away from the field, you know. And I, and I love that how much we've advanced in, in, in social media and technology and have that opportunity to provide information. But on the flip side there, um, it's allowed people to critique people without consequence as well. Um, it's given way too many people too much of a voice and, and allowed them to criticise people, you know, about, you know, too much. Where, and then that becomes, um, you know, something that weighs heavy on a lot of, on a lot of the, the, the youth coming through. Yeah. Um, they haven't had that opportunity to build that mental fortitude that our that our parents and so forth had because they had to back when they were growing up in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s. There are a lot tougher times. You have to be a lot tougher, you know, externally there. So 
a lot of that external pressure you didn't feel because you kind of just brushed it away. You understood that that was the time and you grew up with thick skin. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's, you can just see it, you know, people just crumble, you know, and they're just getting attacked from everywhere. Yeah. You know, they move on to another app, someone else is going at them there, you know, and you just can't escape it at the moment. And so that's why I think be building yourself up mentally is probably more important than, than it is physically at the moment. Because if you don't know how to block out that white noise, it's, it's just you're going to build it up, you're going to build it up, and eventually you're just going to explode. Mm. And if you don't have those outlets to vent to and to go back to and to reset yourself with, it just becomes too hard. It's too big of a burden that shouldn't be one at the end of the day. Yeah. Because you're just trying to make your dreams come true. You're just working hard like every other person is. And you're acknowledging someone who who didn't, who wasn't willing to put in the time and the effort that you are. And you're acknowledging their opinion when it should never matter at the end of the day. Yeah. When the only opinions that should matter are those who are close to you and, and support you and have been there unconditionally from the start. Hmm. I like that. That's, that's such an important point because it's the comparison element, isn't it? It's where people, especially younger people, are growing up, constantly looking at their phones, constantly looking at the grass is greener. That's one of the reasons mm. I'm doing this is because talking to people like yourself and other athletes who, I've, who, are, who are saying it hasn't always been plain sailing, it hasn't always been easy, but what you are going to have to do is do the work. And if you do this, then good things will happen. But it's such a hard thing, isn't it? Because I'm speaking to someone on a, on a podcast previously and he was playing for, I think, the Ospreys in Wales and they played Clermont. And it was like a huge win for them. And like a massive win. And then on social media, everyone was blowing them up saying how amazing it is. It's great. And then they said, oh, Osprey's fantastic apart from so-and-so. And he was just mm. like, and he read that on social media. And he was like, oh, th- thanks for that. That was probably one of my best games I've, I've, I've been a, a part in. And, and you singled me out. And, but he said, because he's got the resilience, because he's a bit older and had the experience, he could take it, no problem. But he said, if it was someone young in the team, he'd worry mm. if they'd crumble because criticism is such a big part of young people's lives now. They're growing up at looking at it and just constantly in judgment. So when they do go into perhaps these high pressure environments, they're not performing at the optimum level, are they? Because they're worried that someone's going to judge them, someone's going to criticize them. What would be your, mm. what would be your advice for someone who's new to an environment, uh, can be any sport, any job, and they're worried about just constant criticisms and nerves and it's putting them off their game? It's not as easy as just saying you just block it all out. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a daily routine there. You know, you need, you've just got to keep blocking out one here, one there, continue to go there, understand who's important, you know, because the higher up you get, and it's sad to say, people are going to be jealous of your success, you know, and the, the, the quicker you, you know, get rid of them and push them to the side or just realise that it's just their opinion doesn't matter, you quickly find out who was there from you from the start, who, who were truly loyal to you, then you, you know, their, their opinions matter the most. But I think... Um, something I learned and my father taught me was that when you want people to believe in you, if your self-belief isn't strong, then no one's ever going to take you f- for being genuine. So if you don't truly believe in yourself from the start, how do you expect others to, to believe in you around you? Um, and it was 
it was something I just couldn't fathom. He, when I was younger, he said to me, do you think you can win the World Cup? And I, I said, oh, yeah, you know. But he wanted to be like, he wanted it. Yep, we got this. We're going all the way. You know, he wanted conviction, no hesitation. And what he hears from, from me as his son is doubt, you know. And if you can learn to block doubt out and have no self-doubt, then eventually just other people's opinions won't matter. What you're, you won't be seeking validation from social media. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to sit here and say it's like, a, or you just read a self-help book and then you figure <laughs> it out. You know? Like you need to understand that the experiences and the lessons you go through in life build that resilience at the end of the day. And you do need to understand that growth mindset, as you alluded to before, and understand that it, everything is a stepping stone and it's a lesson. And you need to take what you can from each of those and, you know, you can't be in denial. You need to understand the situation for what it is, take what you can and learn to move forward. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it like that, but that's in- why wow, that is incredibly powerful. That self-belief is something that people don't necessarily have at, at times, you know, and, it- and it's probably one of the most important fundamentals that you can possibly ever do for yourself because it's going to carry you into those environments and open those doors that you want to open. Wow. Yeah. Um. I just want to talk about what are some of your favorite moments from your career? So you've had obviously a great career, having a, you know, an amazing career and you've been to two world cups, you've played over a hundred times for the Brumbies. Do you have a, a few favorite moments? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, beating the British and Irish Lions for the Brumbies. Uh, yeah. I know um, Australian provincial side had done that since I think the seventies. So being a part of that, that team that night, uh, the whole experience was so special. Um, you know, it was one of the biggest crowds I'd ever played in, um, in front of in a, in a professional environment um, as well. So that whole sort of aura and that was my first real sort of taste of, of, of that um, there as well. Um, although we didn't win it um, playing in that 2015 World Cup final, um, House at Twickenham, it's my favourite stadium in the world. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, just when it's packed, it just has an atmosphere about it, you know, and has a real aura about it. Um, you know, you can feel the crowd's energy, how much people are vibing with each other. And you just know that they're there just to enjoy rugby, you know, and has so much history to it there as well. Um, you know, having watched it on TV as such a young kid, you know, you never dreamed that one day you'd be playing a World Cup final there. Um, so that that whole experience of the World Cup as well was um, something very special. In 2019, I played my hundredth uh, cap um, for the Brumbies, and uh, it just happened to be our first um, Pacifica jersey. Um, and just to recognise the contribution of um, you know Pacific Island influence in the in Australian rugby and at the Brumbies was something I hold very close to my heart and. It was just kind of fitting that it um, happened to coincide with my hundredth game for the Brumbies there as well. So um, that was those are you know I've had a lot of great moments and and great wins um, over my time in rugby, but those three would probably be up there for me. Yeah. So I want to summarise this conversation and keep it pertinent to all the things that we've discussed so far. So what would your advice be to someone who is searching for their goal or searching for their sense of purpose but they haven't found it yet? 
I think it, it, I think just being present yeah. in what you're doing. Um, understand where your passion lies um, because that will naturally just direct you to the path that you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have that goal, just look to see what you're passionate, most passionate about and eventually unconsciously will become your goal anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the hardest thing I think for, for rugby players is finding things that we're just as passionate about after. And, you know, when, when people say, you know, if you're not doing something you love, then is it worth doing it? Uh, I think it can be, see, that's a, a very tough statement for me. I think it's something where if you don't have a passion for it, then maybe that's not the road best taken, mm. you know, and when you understand where your passion lies in life, um, naturally the goals you're looking for and the path you need to take or the journey you want to embark on um, sorts itself out. So it's it's not, there's nothing wrong to not have your goals set straight away um, to where you want to be, because living in the present is a very important is very important in this day and age, and when you figure out what you you love doing and what you have a passion for, the rest will take care of itself. Mm, some amazing advice. And I've loved this conversation because people looking on the outside will probably look at you and think, oh, he's had the most amazing careers, 100 caps, beat the British and Irish Lions, um, played for the Wallabies, two World Cups, and you have. But what you're also saying is you're a byproduct of all the negatives, all the failures, all of that culminates in the lessons you've learned has then fueled you to be a better athlete. So for anyone listening, this is kind of what it takes to be the best and be at the top of your game. It's all part of the journey of life. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you got to understand that people only see Saturday, you know, yeah. 80 minutes, 7.30 kickoff, you know. Not a lot of people see the Monday to Friday grind. Not a lot of people understand that the injuries that you play with or the niggles, you know, and, uh, and so forth. And... You know, as players, we can't use it as an excuse, you know, because it's just the environment we live in, you know. We know that there are 60%, 70% of people only watching what we do on Saturday, you know, and and you've got to be have enough self-belief in yourself, enough resilience, enough support around you to understand that, you know, what what you did between Monday to Friday is enough and it's going to be enough for you. Um, on the weekend there you know so yeah like it's everyone's journey is different everyone goes through different things what I think the beauty of these connections that we make is is you know it shows the the other side of the player um you know it lets people relate to to you know players on a different level um there as well and understand that you know we go through the same things that you you go through and if you can learn a way to to get through that from what we said. And if you can take one thing from this entire conversation, then that means a lot to us. You know, that means that um, what we're doing is working and what we're doing is helping other people. And because, you know, we understand our, you know, that we have, that we are role models to society as well. Mm-hmm. And how we act and hold ourselves is, is very accountable at the end of the day. And um, the quicker you learn that in the professional environment, the easier it is for you to just be who you are and, um, you know, go out there and, and hopefully achieve your dreams. Absolutely. That's great advice. For anyone listening, this is gold. This is probably some of the best advice I've ever heard off anyone. So, yeah, I'll tag you in this. And thank you for your time, Scott. I really appreciate you coming on today.
Ah, thanks for letting me share. I appreciate it. It's been awesome to connect and, um, you know, hey, to all your viewers, you know, all the best. Take care of yourselves. Stay healthy and uh, you know, keep getting around each other. Thank you for taking the time for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took a lot from this. And if you did enjoy it, share it with someone that you know would enjoy it. Share the message, share on your socials. I really appreciate it as always. Thank you again for downloading and see you next time. Yeah.